up? What's up? It's Raphael with the NBA Draft Junkie Show on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Have a guest today. This is the future of international scouting. If you don't know who he is, you will know the name soon because it's the hardest working man in basketball, in my opinion. It is my guy, the guru, Kuze Kilic, live from Istanbul, Turkey. What's up, man? How are you? Thank you so much for your kind words. And same for you, you too, is really hard worker. And all of your audience know that how you uh, hearts really work. So thank you so much for your kind words. And I am good. I am really good. All right. Let's get right into it. 2021 NBA draft is here. It is... For, for most people say it is the better draft class or one of the strongest draft class in recent memory. A lot of people think it's a lot better than the 2020 class. I'm just tired of talking about 2020. I'm glad it's over and it's good to start talking about new prospects, which you were on this 2021 class probably in 2019. So <laughs> you know a lot about these guys. And uh, I've seen a few of them play live and in, in person at some of the under 19 or under 18 tournaments that went on last summer or maybe two, or 2019 summer. So I know a few of them. I've seen them. I've watched their film. So I wanted to get your opinion and have you come on the show and talk about your top 2021 international prospects. We'll get to the United States prospects on another episode, but in this episode, I really, I really wanted to talk about 2021. So who is your top 2021 international NBA prospect? Roku Perkacin from Sibona Zagreb. So you have him ahead of Garuba. Yeah. Okay. I am really different about that. Uh, Roku Perkacin or Garuba question? Okay, so let's talk about Rocco. And how do you pronounce his last name? I've heard it, Prakachin. Yeah, Prakachin. Prakachin, all right. Yeah. So I've watched a little bit of his film. I think that he has a good frame. He's a face-up for, you know who, who he kind of reminds me of? Um, Karutz, the big brother. Oh, yeah. Do you see that a little bit? So I just, yeah. based off what I saw when he was at Barcelona two, a couple years ago, that's the similarity that I see. So tell me, what are your thoughts on him and why is he your top international prospect? First of all, when you watch Rocco, when you watch Rocco Perkacin, uh, you have first glances about, no, his physical tools not fit for the NBA because he looks like cumberstone. He looks like slow guy. But when you watch him really serious, he can make a lot of things. He can make a lot of slashing uh, flashes. He is really good outlets, both in terms of smoothness and in terms of explosiveness, in my opinion. Uh, he is great uh, of one of foot jumping or two feet jumping. Also, he can shoot the ball. He can create his shots or he can shoot the ball as a catcher shooter. So I really like his uh, offensive arsenal. Uh, also, he is a good uh, passer. He can see the court. Uh, on the defensive end, he is decent defender for now. Uh, he can uh, guard multiple positions. He can guard small forwards, power forwards, and center. He has uh, impressive instincts on the defensive end. But sometimes he can 
get too lazy uh, in close-up defense or as an off-the-ball defender. Uh, end of day, my biggest question mark about him, he just played in Sibona. He, he has not any experience at EuroLeague level, Euro Cup level or Basketball Champions League level. However, his flashes he showed so far is really promising, in my opinion. Yeah, so I felt like he has a pretty decent upside as a shooter. The last game I watched, the team was leaving him wide open at the top of the key and kind of daring him to shoot. He, I think he made one, maybe like one out of four, if I'm not mistaken. But the, it seemed like that was their defensive strategy to let him shoot. But I think that he's a decent passer. He shows that he can become a, a pretty good passer out of the high post. I just like how he plays hard. He runs the floor. Um, he is athletic. I don't know about, like, the quick twitch athleticism. Like, he doesn't pass the eye test as far as the athlete. So if you watch him play the first couple of clips, you're not going to say, oh, wow, this guy's a great athlete. But what I do like about him is that he is pretty bouncy, but he looks to finish everything around the rim with a dunk. He's, he's going up strong every time, whether it's a reverse layup that he can turn into a dunk, he'll do it. Um, but yeah, I think he has some upside as a shooter. I saw one possession where he was able to put the ball on the floor and then shoot a pull-up jumper. So I like that about him. And I think that he has potential to be a pretty good face-up for, he may end up on the NBA level being like an energy guy that can knock down open shots. I don't know if he'll get a lot of post-up opportunities, but I like what I see. As far as him being the top international prospect, that's debatable, but everything is debatable at, at, at this point. So what range do you see him getting drafted in? Oh, I think he's a lottery pick. I think he's a lottery pick. Yeah. It's December 13th in the States. <laughs> I, you may have a couple hours or give or take a few minutes if it's the 13th or 14th over in, in Europe. So I'm going to write this down on December 13th. You have him as a lottery pick. Yeah. So if other people start jumping on board and claiming he's a lottery pick in March and April, I'll be able to say no. Back in December, it's documented that Kuze says that he's a lottery pick. I really trust his upside and just not because his uh, skill set, also his uh, background. He really has Impressive family background. His father was a former basketball player. He played for FS Pilsen. And uh, one of the best things about Rocco, he's a real hard worker. I mean, he has not any glorious work ethic or he has not any glorious... No, I will go to the gym today and I will work for 11 hours. He just play defense, but he uh, works seriously. So I really trust his background and uh, his personality also all right so what do you think his upside is as far as like if he reaches his maximum potential what type of player do you think he can be in the nba uh, both he can find his place in the nba as a spacing slasher and spacing creator if he can shoot the ball consistently, he could be excellent as uh, spacing creator, but his shooting come around decent level. 
he can be excellent uh, spacing slasher. Yeah, so he'll be he'll he'll actually only be 18 on draft day. So does he so he probably barely meets the requirement of being a 2021 NBA prospect. Do you think by any chance he stays and and joins the 2022 class? I don't think for right now and uh, when I interviewed him, he told me that I will, I want to join a 2021 NBA job. But if he want, if he changes idea around the March or April, it will be natural because, as you said, he is just 18 years old. He is one of the youngest basketball prospects in this class. Yeah. But right now, I don't think he will withdraw in this draft. Yeah, because he just turned 18 like yeah. a few weeks ago. So he's really young. Yeah. All right. So let's go to your number two international prospect. Usman Garuba. Okay. A lot of people have him number one. He's been number one for a couple years on a lot of different boards. I've personally seen him play, um, but I haven't seen him play in, you know, for Madrid. I've only seen him play for Spain on the, I think it was the under-18s. Yeah, it was under-18s. And he dominated that tournament. But another guy who I'm sure we'll talk about later, they play, if I'm not mistaken, they played in the championship game. And this guy is probably the biggest riser out of this group. But I like Garuba. Um, He actually kind of reminds me of Paul Millsap. That is my high-end comparison simply because he's a little undersized and when Millsap was coming out of Louisiana Tech he was a dominant rebounder in the NCAA I want to say he led the nation in rebounds or was close to it but over time he developed a skill set where he was able to face up knock down open shots put the ball on the floor a little bit and that's where I see Garuba and I watched his film recently and one of the things that he's added that I didn't see in the summer of 2019 is he's a lot better at attacking off the dribble and he's more confident shooting threes. I know that um, I see him standing in the corner a lot shooting threes for, for uh, Madrid, which was something I didn't think he really had in his arsenal last summer, but he's obviously worked on his shot, but yeah, it was one play. I'm going to put it on Twitter. Once I get a chance to where he attacked the closeout with a quick, crossover and once he gets in the paint he it doesn't take him long to get up there he's an explosive leaper and strong finisher so I like him he's my number one international prospect as of today he's a little undersized which I guess he's undersized in a traditional for a traditional power forward but he has a long wingspan and I'm pretty sure you probably have those measurables. I don't think anything is probably accurate or at, at this point. But I like him. I think if he can develop into a good corner shooter um, and continue to make improvements, putting the ball on the floor, then that's just going to open up the stuff that he does well, which is as a role man, his activity, hustle player. He's great on the offensive glass. And I think he's a pretty decent passer. So what are your thoughts on, on Garuba? First of all, it is funny that because he hit uh, two three-point shots today against Malaga, that game finished 30 minutes ago or something like that. He scored 12 points and 
Uh, if I don't get wrong, uh, this is his high scoring game for his Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if he can play consistently in these games, he could be first pick uh, in international class for me. But I still don't trust his offensive arsenal. Okay, uh, he showed a lot of good flashes when he attacks the closeout, when he attacks the rim with the ball, or when he hit the trees as a corner shooter. But end of the day, he is a little bit inactive offensive player, in my opinion. Defensive end, he is really great. He is really excellent defender. Yeah. He can he can guard multiple positions. He has impressive athleticism tools. Uh, he is excellent physically. But on the offensive end, he can be a little bit limited player. And in the NBA, as you know better than me, if you don't do a lot of things on the offensive end, your role as an NBA player will limit it. And that's my take about him. See, I think he's going to be very good in the NBA as a role man with, with spacing. So I think yeah. if you use him as a role man, which I know he's not a five, so that means he'd have to be a role man as a four. But I saw a game where they had him playing the five, and Tavart was it? No, was he? I think he was playing the five, and Randolph was playing the four when Tavares yeah. came out. So, I mean, in today's NBA, I mean, you you see guys like him playing the five in, in certain lineups, but I definitely think the skill set that he can hang his hat on on the offensive end would be as a role man, and maybe even a vertical lob threat. But if he can knock down open shots and attack closeouts. And then, I mean, of course, he needs to probably add a little bit more to his post game. Right now, at least when he plays on the younger levels, he was able to dominate in the post because he was just so much more physically gifted and stronger than opposing players, which that was one of my concerns when he started playing on the senior clubs. Like, all right, how is he going to be able to score? Because he's not going to be able to out-muscle guys. But he's shown to me that he's added to his game. And like I said, I didn't see the attacking closeouts and the three-point shooting last summer. So he's definitely put in the work and, and the time to expand his game. So I, I think he's the best international prospect. But only time will tell. We'll remember December 13th. You had Rocco number one. I had uh, I had uh, Usman number one on my, on my list. So we'll, we'll see how, how things work out. So By the way, I, I want to ask you one thing. Do you think Usman Garuba player like Enfundo Kabangele from LA Clippers? Do you see any similarities between these two? Uh, I mean, I guess I can see some of it. Uh, I just like the Millsap comparison. That's, yeah. that's, that's my comparison. That's the one I've been sticking with uh, for the last year. I think at the same age, he's more skilled than Millsap because Millsap was yeah. a post player. Again, he was just a dominant rebounder. But he, he, I mean, he was a good rebounder early in his career. Not saying that he's not now, but he knew was he wasn't going to be able to grab 13 rebounds a game in the NBA at his size. But I just love how he just expanded his skill set. And so I see a lot of similarities with, with uh, Garuba. All right, who is number three on, on your list for international players in the 2021 NBA draft? Joshua Giddy from Australia. Oh, Giddy. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw him play at Basketball Without Borders this year in Chicago and NBA All-Star Weekend. 
And I know it's a lazy comparison, but I see Joe Ingles. <laughs> I know they're both Australian. They're both white. They're not like athletic. They seem slow, but I see the comparison. But Giddy is a flashy passer, just a creative passer, good size. I mean, is he at six seven now, or is he six yeah. eight? Six seven. Six seven. I like him. He is slow. <laughs> now he is he is slow. He he's slow, but it works for him because he plays at his own pace, his own speed. You can't speed him up. And he I just like his passing. I think he's a phenomenal passer. And I I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of him. So in, in your opinion, why is Giddy number three on your list? Because he's one of the smartest, maybe uh, the best, has the best basketball IQ in this draft class. Definitely. I don't like... Well, I don't, I don't know, between like Cade. I mean, you mean overall yeah. or just international? <laughs> uh, in, international. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't like to be hyper guy, but if we have to make some Luka Doncic comparison, I think Josh Giddy could be one of the most closest comps for Doncic. I don't think he can be Luka Doncic, but he has some flashes while Doncic show in his Real Madrid journey. I mean, Luka Doncic is slow. Josh Giddy is slow. Luka Doncic has impressive basketball IQ. Josh Giddy has impressive basketball IQ. Same touch in the air, same drive initiation, same handling. Uh, just Luka Doncic is better because he, he can shoot the ball consistently. He is a leader. He is a ball leader. Uh, he's, he, he, did, he did all these everything, good things in EuroLeague level. And one of the, my uh, best things about Josh Giddy is consistent hard worker. I like him. For example, uh, a year ago, his weight very bad. Uh, you saw him in Chicago. Yep. He is not good physically. But right now, he is really look physically. He played two preseason games in Australian Basketball League, and he seems to be very good in physically. Yep. I mean, I think the difference between Doncic is, I mean, I don't think Doncic is slow, slow. Like, he's fast in transition. If he gets the rebound, he's, he's moving it. But Luka just changes directions and speeds. And yeah. he just has the handle where he lures you to sleep. And even though he may be quote unquote slow, I really haven't seen too many people stop him from getting to the basket. And then if he, if he can't beat you off the, you know, getting you leaning one way and changing directions, he just muscles you. He just kind of bullies guys into his spot. And then he has that soft, like half floater touch shot around the rim where he, it's kind of like his uh, Sergio, uh, yeah. where it's like this Rodriguez. move. Yeah, it's like he drives hard, and then it's like a one-leg fadeaway slash touch shot. I mean, very crafty. But I think Giddy is crafty, too. Yeah. I just don't know if he has Luca's handle and change of direction and change of pace. But he, I mean, like I said, when I saw him play, it was just like he was walking to the basket but his IQ was literally a step ahead of everybody else's. So outside of Luca, who else do you think that he compares to on the NBA level? 
that's a tough question. Maybe Joingles actually really <clears throat> could be good. But he has to <clears throat> become a better shooter to, yeah. to get to Joel's level. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, for him, the shooting is, is going to be very important for him because I don't know if a team will allow him to be their primary ball handler. But if he ends up being like a secondary ball handler, then he's going to have to play off the ball more and definitely be able to knock down open shots. But if he ends up becoming half of Doncic, half Ingles, that's a pretty good combination. Yeah. So I think he'll be pretty good. So do you think he's a first-round NBA draft pick? No, I don't think so. So in, in the 2021 draft, as of today, you think there will only be two – two international players in the first round? I don't think so. This because a lot of people in the NBA, a lot of people in the USA like to pick Ibo Baji, Johan Begarin, or Ariadu Portillo, Kastikubaitis in the first round. Yeah. But in my opinion, uh, in this draft club, just two real first round pick here. Roko Perikacene, Usman Gorba. I don't think Johan Begarin is a player who has ability to be selected in the first round. Or same for Alperen Sengun, same for Ariadu Porti, same for Joshua Gidi. But this is just my opinion. Okay. All right, so who is number four on your list? And you like him too, Ariadu Porti. He was the MVP in uh, yeah. Basketball Without Borders. That's how small the world is. So maybe a month ago, I went to Los Angeles to to train an NBA player and we couldn't find a gym. So we ended up finding this gym and we had to go through uh, David Gale. And yeah. remember when I mentioned to you, um, did you know him? And he was the coach of the, is it what the, I forgot which team. Was it the German? Ludwigsburg. Yeah. And so I was asking him about Porty. He's like, that's my guy. You know, I work with him, yada, yada, yada. And if I'm not mistaken, did he just get the head coaching job of his team? Yeah, from Nevesis. Yeah. He's the new coach of Nevesis. Yeah, I just saw on Facebook that he got the head coaching job. So small world. And yeah. um, when I mentioned his name to you, of course you knew him because you know everything international basketball. So I have him as a... I mean, I think he's, he has great size. He's seven foot. He's an active defender. Um, he has good size. He's developing into a pretty good three-point shooter. Yeah. And what do you think about his athleticism? I know he can jump straight up. He's a vertical athlete, but what do you think about his fluidity? I don't buy his fluidity. He can be a little bit hard in tight spaces. He can he has not ability to finish things in tight spaces, in traffic ends. Uh, that's why I don't think he can be first-round pick. But his explosiveness is really good. Yeah. I mean, he's not Obi Toppin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his partner is, like, lacking fluidity and, and, and vertical pop. But that's one of the first things I noticed. I was actually shocked when he won MVP of the Basketball Our Borders. In my opinion, um, Montero was my favorite player, yeah. Gene Montero. Um, oh, man. He is excellent. Yeah. For those that don't know him, this kid is, like, one of my favorite players, just period. He's from the Dominican Republic. 
I don't even know who to compare him to. I remember like breaking down a video for an agent and I thought that that um he had a little bit of Trey Young in his game, not the shooter, but just as far as like the size or lack thereof of size, the toughness, how you look at him and you're not going to think like this guy is the NBA player because he doesn't pass the eye test because he's so small. But, man, he can put the ball in the basket. But he's not – is he, what, 2022 prospect? Yeah. He, he was born in uh, 2003. Man, he's, he's, he's good. So, uh, but anyway, back to uh, – uh, is it Huck Porty? How do you pronounce the last name? Huck Porty. Huck Porty. Porty. Yeah. So I've I've mentioned on previous podcasts when he played up played against uh, Pokashevsky last summer. That was the game I was waiting for, and Pokashevsky like played six minutes, took five shots, never got back in the rest of the game. I was disappointed on that. But speaking of Pokashevsky. He had a great game last night. Yeah, 17 points, man. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, man, I'm, I'm probably going to have a lot of people telling me how wrong I am. If he plays like this the whole year, which is going to be tough, I didn't think that he was ready to come in and play in the NBA right away. I didn't even know if he was ready to come in and play in the G League right away just because Man, I don't know if you saw the video clips. Oh, you did because you posted them on, on Instagram. He looks so skinny out there. Yeah. But how about Theo Maledon, man? I told you that he really has abilities to be a good NBA player. And yes. after that show, also people wrote me that, no, you are wrong. Theo Maledon will not go to the NBA. But he really has good basketball. I can. Yesterday, I know that's just a preseason game, but he was really good too. Yeah. LaMelo is getting all the hype for a 0.10 rebound game, but Maladon was a lot better. And, man, I was – I can't say I was right about him. I, I liked him. I thought he was more so going to be like a game manager type. I thought he was going to be like Frank Milikina in a sense, but he was aggressive. He was looking for a shot, and you can tell that – NBA spacing is going to make him a much better passer. But again, don't want to jump the gun. It was one preseason game, but you can't deny how, how good he looked. But getting off subject, let's go back to uh, yeah. uh, Hook, Hook Porty. So what do you think his upside is as an NBA player? He can be a rotation player who comes to bench with uh, 20 minutes per game or 50 minutes per game with his aggressiveness inside the paint, decent shooting, good defense with the impressive rim protection and uh, impressive post-up skills. He really has some uh, footwork tricks as a post-up player, like he gives a drop, drop, stop fake, drop step fake to the baseline, he turns his right, but he finishes with, uh, with his left. That's a great plus for him, I think. Yeah, I think his game is a little bit suited for the old school NBA where they threw the ball down to the post and, and Biggs got a lot of post touches. But what I like about him is he has an outside shot and I think that he's going to develop into a good shooter. So if he doesn't get a bunch of post touches, he can still um, earn some NBA minutes. So I like that about him. All right, moving on. So this is number five, right? Yeah. 
All right. Who is your fifth prospect? Juan Begrin from France. A lot of people are really high on him. I see the upside. I haven't seen the production in games to where I'm like, yeah. he's better than some of these other guards that I see here in the United States. Um, he was at Basketball Out Borders in um, Chicago. I saw him there. I thought he did not play well at all. And then I saw him, I want to say, at the under-18s team. He was on a team with Malcolm Kazalan. Yeah. And um but there was another guy on that team that I actually liked a little bit better. Um Timothy Curso. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So what do you think about uh uh Bagarin? Bagarin is really good outlet. I mean he can finish positions from everywhere. Yeah. He is he can fill up the transition, he's quick in even in tight spaces, he has impressive tools physically he can dunk over the rim protectors and uh, in his league they are really some serious rim protectors mm -hmm. but his shooting and passing are really huge question marks about me i mean he's i i cannot define him as a selfish player but sometimes he can get uh, a lot of selfish moments i mean while his man awaits the ball in the open court to hit the three, he attacks the basket and lost the ball. That's a bad sign as a yeah. prospect. On the defensive end, he tries to do something, but he cannot do everything. Yeah. I mean, he, he, has, he, he has that willingness, but he just not show that. Yep. So on my notes for him, I have he's aggressive, but he turns the ball over. He's a great athlete. He's smooth with just like how he plays in a sense. He's physical, but he's out of control. Yeah. And, um, but I have that he, he has a very good upside as a defender because he plays with effort on the defensive end. But yeah, to me, he's, he's a project because he has the physical tools, the athleticism, but he's not really a point in my opinion at this, at this point because he's not a really good decision maker and passer, which yeah. you have to be as, as a point guard. But I think with his upside, somebody's going to take a gamble on him. And he has a pretty good agent who has uh, quite a few guys in the NBA. So, um, yeah, he's a little bit different than some of the other French point guards because I, when I think of the French point guards, I think of these guys that are like 6'5", like Frank, yeah. like Maladon, like hey. um, Ayayi from uh, from Gonzaga, he doesn't fit that bill because he is an aggressive score first guard. While those guys are more so of, I mean, they can score, but they look they're not as aggressive. I guess that's the best way I'm looking for. He's looking for his shot first, second, third, and then he'll pass for. Yeah. All right. So who is number six on your list? Mojove King from Australia. I was wondering when his name was coming up. I know you're pretty high on him. <laughs> yeah, I am pretty high on him. Also, I could take him in my first five, but okay, he, he, he should be also six. All right, so tell me, what do you like about his game? He has the versatility both sides of the court. He can shoot the ball. He can attack the basket. He is decent passer, not good, but decent passer. 
he can do everything on the defensive end, including some uh, switch flashes in top of the key general games. But end of the day, he's inconsistent player overall. I mean, he can do a little, a little bit everything off both sides of the court, but he's a little bit in, inconsistent. So uh, he reminds me J.D. Osman a lot. Remember okay. J.D. Osman? J.D. Osman could do everything when he plays in FS. But he was inconsistent. And same for King for me. It's funny because when Jetty played for Ephes, I he to me, he's a better NBA player than he was a Euroleague player. Well, he was not the best player on that Ephes team. Yeah. yeah. And this was what 2016-17. Um who was the best player on that Ephes team? McCollum probably. Who's that? Savanovic or McCollum? Um uh no, um uh Eric didn't play for Ephesus the year the season I was out there. I don't think. Yeah, or did he? It was Dunstan, um oh, uh rest in peace. Uh Tyler Honeycutt was on that yeah. team. Um Doge Balbay. Uh man, I can't think of who was on that team. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, Jetty's a a better NBA player than European player. So I can see the comparisons because I feel like Jetty can do a lot of things well. He just does not have that one single skill set that you can hang your hat on, other than being versatile. But so now is Mojave now are, is one of his parents American? Yeah. Okay. Uh, his his father. His father's American. Okay. And he was playing basketball in Australia. Is that is that the story? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what is is he? Who is he playing for this season? Uh, this season will be his first year in a Australian basketball league. Last year, he did not with Stepans. All right. So who is number seven on your list? Uh, it will be. Crazy, but Alperen Şengün. Now he is having a phenomenal year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Matthew like and Terry Bonds. What's that? Oh, Outrageous! This, yeah, yeah. So, do you think that? Because what I saw out of him when I watched him live, he was a, a wide body, physical, throwback, low post player. And I thought he was good because I, that Turkish team had two guys. They had two guys that were sim- had the same similar build. But I thought, like, man, this guy is is a definite stud. I just didn't know if his game would translate to the NBA because he's such a physical low post. I mean, he's like a throwback old school low post player. So, do you think that that um? his um, game would translate to the NBA? In this case, I have two examples. I mean, Ivica Zubac and Ante Zizic. Ante Zizic is not in the NBA. He will, uh, he with Maccabi Tel Aviv right now. And Ivica Zubac, you know, still with LA Clippers. Zubac stays in the NBA because he really did, he really does good job as a dunker spot and catch and finish scorer. Also, he has a little bit mid-range weapon on the offensive end. 
Mm-hmm. Zich not in the NBA right now because he is inconsistent catcher finisher. Uh, he is he can get a little bit too lazy on the defensive end. And same for the Alperen Sengun. Alperen Sengun right now uh, he could be Antezic or he could be Yuit Zubac. I think he is a little bit closer to be Zubac because he really unstoppable on the uh, around the paint. Yeah. I mean he. He he scored out of points over the young Wesley Jones Hamilton, and these guys really good rim protectors in the European level. Uh, but of course, his lack of uh, elite three-point shooting and his lack of defensive basketball IQ are huge question marks. But I think in the first classes, he could be great a draft and stash option. I mean, if I if I was a gem of the team who are on the playoff level. For example, I am Brooklyn Nets GM. I may draft him and stash him to Turkey to uh, see what he will do in Turkey, what he will do in Fenerbahce or Efes. Then I can sign with him. So do you think... All right, how about this comparison? If Ermer Yurchevin stays in Turkey instead of coming to the States to go to, I mean, where he, NC State, then he finished at Georgetown. At the same age, who was the better prospect? Well, Alperen Sengun. Because Yerstevin had like a, was it 91 in a game or something like that? I read. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like he would have been a first-round pick if he would have came out after, what was it, the 15-16 season? Yeah. If he would have came out and went to the NBA instead of going to college, I think he might have been a late first-round pick, at least a draft and stash guy. Yeah. But, yeah, as far as um, the kid you mentioned, I can't pronounce his name. I know how to <laughs> – I know what it looks like. But, yeah, he's – what makes him so tough to guard is he has his wide frame – and it's hard to like get around him once he, you know, once he gets you in a low post position. And then he has a soft touch around the rim. And I'm gonna have to go back and watch the film of the game when him and Garuba played in, in Greece for the uh I think it was the championship. If it wasn't the championship, it was the the uh semifinals. But watching that game now, looking back at it, there may be four guys that were on the floor that are NBA prospects from Garuba to, uh, what's it, Bona? Yeah. He's here in the States at Prolific Prep. You have the kid you mentioned, and then uh, the other kid uh, who's supposed to be on our show this summer. I can't think of his name right now. The shooter, the seven-foot. Santiago Aldama? Yes, yep. That may have been his his breakout game because, you know, he's had some injuries, but – Man, he was he was awesome in in, in that uh, yeah. in that tournament. All right, so who is the final game? It was a final game. It was a final game. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So who is the next player on your board? Rokas Yagubaitis from Jaguars Kalas. Man, I know you saw that crazy story on him on the internet yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know. Uh, someone stole his identity, and I guess he's been getting women to 
steal money. I don't know, something like yeah. that. I like him a lot. Yeah. I have him a little bit higher because he's having such a phenomenal season in the EuroLeague right now. And I've been watching him since maybe like 2016. And I've just kind of been following him closely. A lot of people may remember him as the guy that lit up the, the Ball brothers for 31 points in the game back in maybe 17 or 18. When, it was back when, yeah. when uh, LaMelo and Lonzo, no, I'm sorry, LaMelo and LiAngelo were playing in Lithuania. And it was a game against um, Zalgiris, uh, their second team. And, man, he torched them for 31 points. <laughs> Lefty, he reminds me of Dragic, just doesn't yeah. have the first step. Um, but he can play on and off the ball. I think he has a high upside as a shooter. He's a good passer. Uh, he needs to work on his right hand. He doesn't go right. <laughs> but once he gets going to his left, especially at his pull-up jumper, that's what I like is that he knows that he's not like a phenomenal athlete and he's not going to be able to get a lot of baskets at the rim. But he just knows, he has the, the IQ where he knows how to get to a sweet spot. And once he gets to a sweet spot, I mean, his pull-up jumper off the dribble is money. So I like him a lot. I was hoping he would have stayed in this draft, especially after, because the way the draft was set up, the draft was after he had like some big games. Yeah. And I think his stock was as high as it can get. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely like him a lot. Now, do you think that he gets drafted in 2021? Would it be in such a strong draft class? I think he will get drafted because, as you mentioned, he is not good athlete because he has not good tools physically. But there was a, there was two positions where he scored 15. A point against against Barcelona. He finished two positions over Nikola Mirotic and Brandon Davis. Yeah. And in in these positions, he was amazing. He uses he used his left knee and uh, right shoulder very well. I mean, he has body positioning IQ, and that's a really uh, important thing. If you have not uh, impressive tools physically, and Rokasakovic know how to use his body to make money around over dream protectors and he is a good shooter he can create his shots he can hit the three as a kitchen shooter um, i don't think he's a good defender overall but uh, teams can make up for him of his uh, lack of defensive skills he's a great drive creation player also and i think he will stay in this draft class because last year he had interviews with Toronto Raptors and Philadelphia 76ers. Especially, yep. Sixers really uh, wanted to him to draft back, but Jokubaitis uh, wanted to work with Martin Schiller, who is coach of Jagris Kronos right now, one more year. So he stayed, but I think he will participate and he will get drafted, I think. You said something that I, um, I think is very important, body positioning IQ. That's yeah. something that, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. He knows that, he knows his strengths and he knows his weaknesses, but he's always been, ever since I started watching him, he's always known how to just get to his sweet spots by using his body. So I like him a lot, man. I'm, I'm disappointed that he 
that he uh, pulled out of this draft. I thought like a team like Philly, as long as they have Ben Simmons on the team and Embiid, I think that's like one of those teams where it's an ideal fit for him because he can play on and off the ball. Like even if you start him at the point and Ben Simmons is still the dominant ball handler, he can play off of Ben Simmons. He can shoot and it would give them like a secondary ball handler and creator. But then you can make up for his lack of defense with Mm. Simmons and Embiid. So I I thought that would have been a perfect fit for him. And (laughs) if I'm Philly, I would have told him, look, come out in this draft. We're going to take you. They had quite a few second round picks. We're going to stash you. We'll let you stay in Europe for a year and then we'll bring you along next year. Yeah. All right. So who is next on your list? Abromo Janka from Nevesis. Okay. All right. Now, I, I, am, I am still not saying name of Khalifa Diop or Ibu Banji. I really, but I really have reasonable things for these two important prospects. Okay. Yeah, I mean, as of last year, I mean, even on this year, those two guys are on some boards as first-round picks. Yeah. All right. So, tell me about this player that you just named. Hey, Abramo Janka is an excellent defender. I think he's uh, the best. He's the muscle in this uh, international draft class. I don't think he has uh, good tools on the offensive end as Vassal has, but his defensive alertness, his defensive abilities, and his closer. Uh, his attacks ability around the close-up, his uh, descent shooting, make him an important NBA prospect, and he is ready physically to uh, fight in the NBA level. So I'm not too familiar with him. This is a name that I've seen. I have not watched this film. Can you give me and the audience just a little bit of background about where he's from and his position and who he's playing for? Uh, he's he's a versatile forward. He's actually small forward, but also can play as a shooting guard. He was born in Italy. Uh, his father and his mother broke up when while Janka around two years old. Then uh, Janka and his mother uh, fight with the life, real fight. I mean, they had some uh, some bad things in the economically. He had not good life uh, when you won, but of one day he participated to a summer sports event in Italy, and a scout from Stella Stellazura Roma saw that oh Gianca could be a great basketball player. We should talk with him, and they talked with Gianca, and then everything going on for him. Uh, he played for Stellazura Roma for five years or four years. Then uh, he signed a contract with Lokomotiv Kuban and Kuban loaned him to Nevesis, where also Hukporti and Panagiotis Kalizakis played for. Okay. Now he played uh, He played with Ibar. Did they play together? Whoa. Paul Ibar, did they play together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll have to watch him a little bit, uh, a little bit further. 
Um, it's a name that, like I said, I've seen a little bit and it probably saw it on, on your social media, but I have not taken the time to really watch him um, because I was expecting the guys that you mentioned while you mentioned his name. I was expecting those guys to be on the list. So let's talk about those players right now. And the players that he mentioned are Khalifa Diop and Abu Baji. I've, uh, they're both from Senegal, right? Yeah. And I know Baji is, if he's not the most athletic player in all of Europe right now, it's close. Yeah. Even overall, if I look at this 2021 NBA draft, the only guy who I could say is probably more athletic than him as far as just explosion, vertical pop might be Greg Brown yeah. out of Texas. Now, Baji is raw. He's, he's really raw. But really man, he, he is a freak athlete. I think at the minimum, he should be an excellent rim protector and vertical lob threat. But he's skinny. Um, his post-up game is very raw and ugly, for lack of a yeah. better term. But I just think with his physical tools and upside, somebody's going to take a shot on him. Wouldn't be shocked to see him go mid to late first round, second round, or maybe even undrafted. I think it's a wide range for him. But, again, he is a freak athlete. And uh, I saw him play at the under-19s last summer. And, yeah, I was impressed with just his athleticism. Also felt like with the, the teams from Senegal, and the same with a lot of African teams, as far as like their bigs, they usually don't have a good guard that can set them up properly and, and get them easy looks. So I, I was wondering how he would look in a situation where he had a point guard that could, you know, just maximize his skill set as a vertical lob threat and, and get him easy looks. And then Diop, um, he's more skilled, but yeah. he can do like, he kind of teases you with his versatility because there's sometimes you're like, wow, he can pass. <laughs> he can hit the mid-range. Yeah. But then you like, you just, at least for me, I never saw him put it all together in, in one game. Yeah. So what you is your right. opinions on, on those two guys? Start with, uh, with, uh, Baji first. I'm Baji. I like, I like Baji. What he, does on the defensive end. He is excellent gym protector and he had some smart flashes where he uh, has good run around the closeout. But my all uh, bad things about him offensively, I mean, he has not lost touch in the air. If he has position where he can make dunk, okay, he can make dunk. But it is not easy to prepare a dunk position for a center. I mean, okay, uh, dunking the ball, dunk the ball is a good thing, but if you just dunk the ball, defensive lights uh, can set up his geometry for that. He, the defensive line can can close your angel, can close your passing angel, and then you can be ineffective basketball player. And Bimbaji has not any passing skills. He is very raw around the post up, as you said. So. Even in La Plata, I mean, he plays in Barcelona's B team in La Plata, very low league, Spanish league, and he has not any impressive flashes where he 
good job offensive end and that's my question marks were uh, created about him about the deal i think i should be a little bit i should think a little bit better for him because he can hit the mid range he can yeah. make the pass but as you said he is not in courses in all terms and that's why i am not high on him but i really saw that some people uh, so Baji as a lottery pick and I have respect to all opinions but I I think there is some uh, hype about Baji and about Dio. Yep. All right, we are winding down to the last few minutes here. A couple prospects that um, that you didn't get a chance to talk about that I know you're high on. Um, Augustus Marcelonis and yes, yeah. this is the son of former Golden State Warrior Saronis Marcelonis, who, in my opinion, brought the Euro step to the NBA. Um, and then um, Georgios, man, I can't pronounce his last name. Kalek, and he told me how to pronounce it. He made it seem like it was easy, but it's not. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on both of those players? Start with Marcelonis first. Marcelonis has impressive basketball IQ. He can make all kinds of passes. Despite he has not good tools, even average tools physically, I think he's he has some similar things what Facundo Campazzo has. He has good ball handling, he has good drive to drive to the basket ability, and he did all these things at uh, Euro Cup level. But end of the day, his likeness uh, physically limits him as an NBA player in my opinion. But his basketball, his court vision, his willingness to play with his team, his body positioning, uh, very important. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. This is Raphael with the NBA Draft Junkie Show on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. And my guy, Kuzek Kilic. I'm telling you, this guy is the guru of international basketball. He knows every non-American basketball prospect probably in the world, whether you're a 13-year-old basketball player in Africa to a 14-year-old in Slovenia, he knows you. And remember the name, Kuze Kilic. Tell you, man, this, this guy is going to do big things. I'm just thankful to meet him while he's on this level before he, you know, he blows up and becomes famous and ends up running the scouting division for uh, the NBA team or even the agency. But again, this is Raphael with my guy, Kuzek Kilic. This is the NBA Draft Junkie Show, and we are out.